You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz. Tony Duchesne here, and welcome to Drinks with Tony. Today on the show, we have Robert Crace. He's the author of Racing the Light, an Elvis Cole and Joe Pike novel. This is book number 19 in the series. We discuss how the search for truth is literally a life or death situation. UFOs, faith, would Crace still be a writer without his success, and so much more. Hi, this is Robert Crace, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Robert Crace. He's the author of Racing the Light, an Elvis Cole and Joe Pike novel. Robert, how are you? I'm doing great, Tony. Survived the uh, pandemic. Uh, so, you know, there's there's nothing nothing but blue skies ahead. <laughs> Did we survive or do you think there's more coming? Oh, man. Now we can get grim real fast. <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know what? We're now living in a science fictional world, and it uh, may be a dystopian science fictional world, but, uh, you know, so who the hell knows, man? Just just fly low, avoid the radar. That's that's a great, um, that's almost like a Zen Buddhist quote. <laughs> okay, I'll cop to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm here in the monastery, as you can see. So. Yes, yes, I like your new robe, too. It looks good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the shaved head works for you. It doesn't work. It doesn't work on all men. It works for you. Um, the uh, but seriously, no. But um, it's funny. I've thought about this as I've been watching all these. You know, you we've had all these films and stories of dystopian futures, and it's like, are we creating the narrative, and then it comes up, or do we just know something, and then it and you know, does it feel like life is going this way? And then all of a sudden, does is the eternal question, does life imitate art or does art imitate life? I think they happen concurrently. Yeah. You no, know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because there's in the near term, uh, I I I think we do create it. Uh, but concurrent with that is simply the 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 reality of, of phys- the physics reality of entropy, uh, which is basically that all things run down. You move from a high energy state to a low energy state. And that's simply the nature of the physical world. So whether any of this would be happening without us, I don't know. Um, I suspect we have a hand in it. But even if we weren't here, there would be this tendency for things to run down because that's just nature. It, it, I personally am trying to avoid all that and live between the raindrops, which I highly recommend. <laughs> because you have more books to write. I have way more books to write. I'm not even close to being finished. I, I like that. How, how, do you, how do you see your future as a writer? How, like, do you see... Uh, like a number on how many books or do you just see infinite this this um the this what how i how i relate from uh putting um stories on the page um is going to go forever 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 yeah. yeah i'll tell you a story uh now we what it's been three four years since we uh we've done this Mm-hmm. And a lot has happened since since then. Yeah, my uh, my last book, A Dangerous Man, was published uh, three years ago this past August. So it's been three years between books. Um, two months after my last book, A Dangerous Man, was published, uh, I was I was with the the head of cardiac surgery at Cedar sinai Hospital. And he gave me, and and what he said to me was, if you don't have a quadruple bypass, you'll be dead within two months. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, Okay, I felt exactly the same way. Because for me, 
you know, anyone who follows me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they know because I post constantly about this stuff. I'm up early. Uh, I'm running the canyons here, hereabouts in LA uh, with a heavy pack. I've been, you know, a fitness guy for my entire adult life, you know, hiker, uh, runner, uh, everything. Really active, picture of health guy. Uh, never had a heart attack, go to my doctor regularly, all this stuff. So, uh, there I was, that sort of poster boy for health, living my life uh, when this occurred. I didn't have a heart attack. I actually, um, I, I needed to have a, uh, just an annual physical checkup. And um, while I was there, I happened to mention to my doctor that I was feeling a new, uh, a new, a new backache. Now, again, the context is when you're me, when you're going to the gym, when you're a gym rat, when you're lifting weights, when you're running, when you're hiking with heavy packs, everything aches all the time, right? Bad knees, ankles, hips, back problems. So to me, it was just another pain. And so my doctor, who, who's a genius, uh, says to me, I don't like the way that sounds. So I want you to uh, uh, get an angiogram. So I did. And the next thing I know, I'm standing with a cardiac surgeon who's saying, uh, you know, you're a walking heart attack. Uh, Your left anterior descending artery, also known as the widowmaker artery in your heart, is 99% jammed. And he goes through the list of all these other arteries that are, you know, this one's 70% clogged. This one's 100% clogged. And I'm like, it's like a nuclear bomb in my life. That was October 1, 2019. October 3rd, uh, 2019, uh, I went to the hospital, had it done. Wow. Yeah. So I even, I I say that to you because uh, recovery wasn't easy and wasn't fast. Uh, There were, there were, there were uh, complications. Uh, There were two more stays in the hospital. There were massive amounts of painkillers, massive amounts of antibiotics, uh, another surgery. And I entered into a period where um, I didn't know if I would ever write again. And in fact, I was so shocked. uh, It was as if I, 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 I think I lost my desire to write. I didn't want to write. but little by little, I made that change because I didn't know what else to do. You know, I, I, I've, I've, I'm a writer. It's what I do. And I've written every day. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing to say, but I counted them up like for 47 years. That's what I do when I get up in the morning. I mean, I, I write. I don't know what else. Um, so it was tough to come back. But it was a process in which I, I really had to decide um, what, it, what was I going to do with the rest of my life. I could have just retired and, and hung it up. Uh, but I didn't want to give up the writing. Uh, I, I didn't want to give up Elvis Cole and Joe Pike, who I, I, I know for everyone else in the world outside of me, you know, they're, they're just entertaining characters you read in a book, a novel. But for me, those guys have literally been in my life. They're in my life every day. And I did not want to lose them. So um, when, when you, and, and man, it, 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 recovery took a long time. Getting my head straight took a long time. Uh, in, in fact, prior to the, the surgery, uh, I had I had already been underway into an, the next Elvis Cole novel, you know, after Demolition Angel. But, but after the surgery, I I just didn't care for it anymore. I, I just whatever magical connection there was, right, with with that material, which pre-surgery, I mean, I was like committed to. It was like the greatest thing in the world. But after, 
it was like someone had thrown this big switch and just chopped it off. And I simply, it was dead to me. So in the process, um, I guess I needed to find a, a, a new and different inspiration that would light the fire again and, and bring me back. And, and, and I did, and that led to racing the light and, and the characters and the story in that book. But when you, so when you ask, how do you see my writing in the future? How do I see, you know, my career in the future? I've already stood at the edge and faced that decision. And the commitment is uh, what I am going to do and what I want to do is write book after book after book ad infinitum as far into the future as I go, because that's what I do. I love that. I, I love that. And holy crap. <laughs> wow. I mean, because you are a healthy guy, dude. They did they have any like indication as to what uh, like what led to it? Because yeah, I, 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 I can tell you, we think we know it's it's still a third. In my case, it's simply bad genetics because mm -hmm. uh, along with being, uh, uh, you know, someone who was into fitness and doing athletic things with my life uh went to the doctor regularly had all you know cholesterol checks and all that and my cholesterol numbers were always good uh, i had been living the last last few years with slightly elevated blood pressure not bad just a little bit of, of, above where it should be uh the cholesterol numbers were still good but i'm just one of those people and, and believe me since then i've been the subject of a couple of studies mm -hmm. uh my body produces more cholesterol than it than it should, um, which is why the numbers never indicated that that produces more plaque than it should. So so that's why the numbers were never an indicator, red flag that something needed to be done. You know, I I, I could run twelve miles. I, I could carry forty pounds on a five mile uphill. I mean, so my cardiovascular uh, uh, fitness level was terrific. Mm -hmm. Uh, but little by little over the years, uh, uh, my cardiac arteries were, were, were clogging up. So, uh, the, the only explanation, uh, at present is simply this, this is what, uh, this is what this particular human being here, um, this is what my body did. Or, or, or does. So, you know, I've had to make changes since then. Um, I, on my surgery was on October 3rd, 2019. On October 23rd, 2019, I became a vegan. See, I, I do everything I can. I'm medicated for it to, to crash my cholesterol as, as, as low as possible and keep it that way. Um, but, but that's okay because here we are today. Um, those years, years, years later, and I, you know what? I, I feel healthy as a horse. I was hiking this morning with the mm -hmm. back this morning, went out and did four miles this morning. So, and, and did it the day before and I'll do it tomorrow. Uh, feel great, feel strong. Uh, all of that is, is behind me as much as it, it ever can be because now there's periodic, you know, checkups to make, to keep an eye on things, make sure that I'm not reclogging. Right. And that'll be for the rest of my life, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I feel, uh, I feel terrific. In fact, I feel more energetic uh, once the recovery period was passed. So, so long about year two after the surgery. First year was rough, but but that as as I moved into that second year, um, I started to feel much more energy than I had felt in in the years leading up to that. Um, so I just feel you know, just fantastic. That's why I'm going to go out drinking at night, you know, really, really. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Well, it, and in order to drink, you have to find cocaine because then you got to keep drinking. Yeah, I, I just want to, want to keep everything right at the peak. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, when do you, in your recovery process, um, when do you, when does the door open that back up and you're like, I need to get my relationship with Elvis and Joe back 
because because you lost them for a while, right? Long time. Uh, yeah. With any writing, I uh, I actually started to I, I attempted to go back to that novel, uh, probably about um, maybe four months after the surgery, and I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, I I. I would open this laptop that we're talking through now. Uh, I, I couldn't focus. I couldn't concentrate. I would, I would say I would, I would try to reread a chapter that I had written on that book. And after just a couple of pages, uh, nothing. I would just like zone out and it would be just like empty. So like the words wouldn't mean anything. And I couldn't, I couldn't sit here with this laptop open for maybe 10 minutes. And I just, I had to, I, I, it was nothing to me. All I was fit for was laying on the couch and looking at TV, you know, and, and then it was during the pandemic. So then I'm just staring at the news with like the rising hospitalization count, the rising death count, you know, all that craziness. Um, and, and that's when I was in that period of maybe I just can't do this anymore. Maybe I just don't want to do this anymore. And um, and that actually, it was a it was a many week, maybe month um, process to reach the point of uh, I, I'm just too stubborn to quit. There is nothing, I, you know. So if I don't do this, what what do I do the rest of my life? lay on the couch and watch CNN. I mean, what? I mean, nothing. So I, I just wouldn't let these guys go. So, you know, I would, then it became just a matter of stubborn determination. If all I could do is open this thing up and sit here for 10 minutes, then I sat here for 10 minutes. And if it, if I hated it, if it hurt, and if, and if it was like just big empty void in my head for 10 minutes, then so be it. Uh, but little by little, um, as I thought about myself and, and what was happening in the world and all the craziness and chaos, um, it, it, ideas began to come to me um, that I found ideas that spoke to me and characters that spoke to me about, about what I had been going through and then um, uh, and what was happening out there in, in the planet. And, you know, the 10 minutes stretched to 15 minutes and the 15 minutes grew to 20 minutes. And by the way, that wasn't like, you know, overnight. It's a long process, man. It, it, it was just, you know, there was, there, was, there was fatigue, there was tiredness, there was all kind of crap. Um, but pretty soon, you know, when I, you know, in the new book, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a character who I fell in love with, uh, Josh Schumacher, who is a podcaster. Um, I like him already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, fell in, I, I hope you do. Um, I fell in love with him because in many ways I began to feel he represented me. You know, Elvis Cole represents me. Joe Pike represents me. Maybe all my characters represent me, but <clears throat> uh, I began to think a lot about trust because you know, I'm watching TV and, and here's all the stuff about, you know, the, the COVID-19 virus and all the conflicting news reports, where it came from, what it is. Then there's like the, the lockdowns and how do we treat it? How do we not treat it? Uh, on and on and on. And, and at the same time, and, you know, who do you trust? Who do you believe? Which side is right? You know, what's going on in the world? Are we all going to die? Um, well, at the same time, part of my head trip after this happened to me was in thinking how my own body betrayed me. Um, I mean, I was anybody's idea of a poster boy for, for health, right? I mean, uh, and, and certainly that's the way I, 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 I saw myself. There was never in a million years what I would have thought, hey, I was that, I was that guy, you know? Uh, 
and and then one day I was, and um, and so there was this sense of like, what's real and what isn't real. I mean, the day uh, the man told me, uh, dude, you're walking heart attack. You know, you must have this surgery done, or you're gonna have you will in two months have a heart attack and it's going to be so bad you won't get up right you're going to have that classic widowmaker drop dead that's it well it was there's a big sense of like i can't you know what is real what you know i mean i thought i was healthy but obviously i was not and had not been for years what's true what isn't true thank god by the grace of God that this was discovered. Because it, it, was, it is so easy, especially when you're me. Because I'm, I'm the kind of guy who would have, I just like happened to go to the doctor then. Uh, it was convenient. I thought, oh yeah, in and out fast, get it over with, get it done with. I might, I might just as well, just as easily have said, yeah, let me put that off for, you know, Jesus, I, I'm working away on the book, it's going well. It's gonna, it's gonna crash my day to make a doctor's appointment, right? Go sit there yeah. in the waiting room. Let me just put it off till after Christmas. Um, I might not have made it to Christmas. Wow. Yeah. So uh, in thinking about trust um, and and the importance, I mean, in my personal case, the life and death importance of uncovering the truth of the situation. Uh, I began to apply that to everything else in the world that I was seeing. And, and that's where Josh Schumacher comes from. You know, the podcaster who, uh, you know, I, because I love characters like this. He's disaffected in that he's, he's, he, 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 he's sort of a fringy guy, totally dismissed by his family, by society writ large. Um, the kind of guy that no one pays attention to, but, but he is absolutely and totally dedicated to uncovering the truth that he believes is out there. And he is a warrior for justice in that he wants to see justice done. You know, he wants to uncover the truth of the situation and bring down evil and have justice be done. And I, you know, of course, I had to transmogrify my, my own feelings and apply them to Josh's world. Um, but when I did, I thought it was just like, I, I just began to see this whole Elvis Cole novel. You know, Elvis Cole being a detective, any, de any detective by definition, I mean, what a detective does is, is, is uncover the truth, right? Uh, the detective, any detective goes into chaos and divines some kind of order, you know, also known as the, the, the truth of the situation. And it just seemed perfect for me um, that, that Elvis um, and Josh have to get together. And I started to apply other fun things then that were happening. You know, not only is it like, okay, I'm, I'm my, I have my life or death situation. And yeah, oh, by the way, the world's ending, the pandemic. <laughs> but then other crazy shit w was happening. You know, during this time, you'll remember this. I got a big kick out of this. The U.S. Navy releases official footage of unidentified aerial phenomena. And like suddenly that's in Washington. And the Senate's having, having hearings about this stuff. And the Navy still hasn't explained that. Uh, and, and I began to throw this stuff all into the box and shake it around. And I began to see more and more elements uh, to, to how I could get to the story that I wanted to tell. Um, and it became, it became a race in life. It's, as you were talking about that and talking about the chaos and then trying to shake it up and make truth out of it, I feel like that's what we do as writers. Cause when you come to the blank page, the blank page is chaos. Yes. The blank page is nothing. How, how does, how do we make nothing into something? And then how do we make something interesting? It's it, there's a similarity there. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's the, the blank page, you know, 
think the dictionary. Here's, here's this enormous thick tome. And all it is is columns of words in alphabetical order. Even though they're in alphabetical order, it's chaos. They're just random words. But our job is to go and pluck those words out a certain order. And we're, we are then creating an order out of, that, out of that chaos of the dictionary. And we're filling that blank page with them. And so we're creating this alternative um, orderly world. You know, a world that's so orderly that other human beings can observe it and everybody sees more or less the same story and imagery there, uh, which is a wonderful thing. I mean, it's we're blessed to be able to do this. Yeah. And I feel like we're all, and I mean, what I feel like I've learned over the years is that everything is story. Everything is narrative. Like even when you know, I, I started, like during the pandemic, I'm like, let me learn about economics. I mean, I was just like, how, how do I not lose my mind? Right. So it's just, <laughs> so I'm like, and, and I, and even in, even in economy, like economy is faith-based. We, we have a piece of paper that says a hundred dollars on it. And that's just faith going, Hey, um, and instead of bartering, instead of me bringing you lemons so I can have some fish, I'm going to give you this piece of paper and everyone agrees on that. Yep. And if you just like really think back on that and go, why are we agreeing on pieces of paper? It's, you know, it's, um, so I don't know where the hell I was going. With that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you well, know. I think what you said is it, you know what it's, it's in a way it's faith, uh, faith-based and faith is important. We're not, not religious faith. We're not talking about that, but we're talking about a common belief. Um, you know, the hundred dollar bill thing works. Where did that come about? Well, you know, because people didn't want to carry around sacks of lemons and, and potatoes all day, hoping they would run into someone with a couple of sides of lamb and say, I'll give you six potatoes. If you give me a haunch of lamb, yeah. right? It's too much to carry around. So everybody kind of got together and said, hey, if we carry coins, these little small things, but if we all agree that this little gold coin is worth an entire sheep, then we can, we can do it that way. And I'm sure there was still some fuzzy bartering in there back and forth, but it, it, because we're lazy and it was easier, right? Little coins, pieces of paper. Um, I, I think that's what happens with with, with words, with news, uh, with any kind of information, that there has to be a group agreement as, as to what it means. And then you have to move past the whole business of it being an agreement where it's simply a given, where no one thinks I, I have to agree. It has now become our larger reality and it's simply is and 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 when it is then we can all share it um, and and that's how we communicate i i think i mean it seems like to, to me i'm just a guy who puts words on pages so but it it seems to work out it, it's it's interesting because i and and um because i like how you how you just said that it just becomes i you i you didn't say it becomes automatic but it's just it's just there mm -hmm. like like I had faith that you were gonna show up at the time that we scheduled together to do the, to do, to record this, and it wasn't a second thought. I was like, I need to be on. I need to be at the computer and on the microphone, and Robert's gonna be there. And on your end, you 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 go. I'm gonna take some time out of my day, and I'm gonna make sure that I'm on the computer because I know Tony's gonna be there. Yep. But but we don't. It's almost like our brain has all these shortcuts where we don't have to sit there and look at the existential, you know, so if the faith of Robert, knowing that the faith of Tony will actually show up, then, you know, it's, it, 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 am I, am I getting too out there on this? No, 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 that, no. But the shortest see, oh, that's too much work. Right, right, I, right. It's just too much work. Yeah. I, I, I take it on faith that Tony's going to be there. Why? Because Tony said he was going to be there. Yeah, that's it. Period. And the, and the beauty in that is that um, faith, not on a religious basis, but faith on a communal humanity basis, and that it's that we're accepting 
that we're accepting that we're going to just do what we do and we know each and we know like our fellow humans and we know what's going to happen and for the most part what happens happens yeah see i think that's one of one of the things that shook so many people uh in in recent years about uh well literally every aspect of what's what's happening now the pandemic pandemic uh the politics of our country now, um, just the world at 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 large. That yeah. you know, every everybody, meaning all of us on this big lifeboat called you know Earth, we're moving along, and and thing and things were going pretty much the same as always. And then everything was shaken. You know, the big timbler came and rocked everybody's world. At, at, at once, uh, and then there were a lot of other little temblers that 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 you know because we each have our own thing happening. Uh, so it was like all of us were were on a on a really hot skillet for a long time and and popping around like beans. Uh, and I think all of that is what you know is maybe kind of what I put into the to the book too. Uh, because when all of that is shaken, when everything's hot and, and, and we're all jumping around and bouncing off each other and everything else, trying to divine what's true and what's real, I think becomes more important, uh, much more important than, than normal. Normal, we don't have to think about it because we're going along and everything's okay. Yeah. When things become not normal, then it becomes really important to, you know, where's my anchor? Yep. Where, you know, suddenly I, I want I want my belief system. Uh, where is it? You know, I want to I want it to be anchored. I, I want to be able to trust it again. And yeah. Whether whether we're talking about my personal health situation or uh, some some science fiction, a kind of super virus, uh, or you know, alien UFOs with the Navy, or you know, local local politicians um you know you're here in la i'm here in la you, you know you know as well as i do now because we we pay attention to the news you know this is crazy we have 16 city council people that that run los angeles and in the last uh what two years maybe a little more now we had three council people brought up on corruption charges i mean city of angels become city of slime all over again uh, you know, who wants, I mean, you, you, you see this stuff in the news and it just makes people more cynical and more angry because the world shouldn't be that way. You know, that's, right. the, stuff, that's the stuff of movies. Yes. That's, that's, that's fine for watching in a movie, but when it's your actual real world and, and your elected representatives are just as vile and horrible in real life as our movie villains. Uh, that too needs to be emotionally sorted out. I mean, that that too is is yet another tembler in 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 your emotional landscape. That certainly now you don't need. Um, it's it, we we lose it, there. There's there it is again. Faith. We we lose our faith in. Um, yeah. What's true? We we if if and we and it's just like wait a second that was true ten minutes ago now it's not true anymore because these people are corrupt. Yeah. Then we're shattered. Just like when the pandemic happened, it's like oh you know there were like a week before I can go to the grocery store and go oh hmm you know I might need a little extra toilet paper <laughs> and then all of a sudden they you know I it's just like there was a big use case for why don't you have a bidet. But it's just like, you know, that it's just like all I, I remember just being so rattled, not because well, a little bit because of like, oh, crap, I'm I, you know, oh, oh, literally crap. I might need this. But um, but it's just like it's rattling to see all the shelves emptied out. And because it's uh, we have trust that the shelves aren't going to be empty. Yeah. And and it, and it blows my mind, like when I go to Trader Joe's now. And I, and I go, I go, wait a second. It, it's hard to remember 
<clears throat> like even just two years ago. It's hard to remember waiting in line for about 40 minutes to finally get into the grocery store. And when you did there, they had you go a certain path and they had all these parameters. And now it's kind of like, we're just back in it. We're, we're back into what our, we're kind of back into what the status quo was, even though we've learned a hell of a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Did anyone ever predict at any time that, the single most valuable item you would hunt all over town for would be toilet paper. <laughs> and right? it's such a, it's such a Western thing too, because the people in India are going, what, what are you thinking? <laughs> you, I, we've been telling you, you've been doing it wrong for centuries. I, yes. Uh, yeah. Past the corn cobs. Yeah. <laughs> when, um, when uh, do you do you feel like what happened with your health and the surgery? Do you feel like that? Um, do you do you uh, did you come to a place with gratitude for it? Was there something where uh, like was there a moment where you're like, oh wow, this made me feel this made me realize life is more precious than I thought it was. Um. You know, I, I never took life for, for granted. Um, so I always, I guess, figured I knew it was precious. But in, a, in, in, in many ways, multiple ways, uh, I have to agree with, I have to say yes to, to answer your question there. Uh, because it made me more appreciative of, uh, of, of a lot. Not that I wasn't appreciative before, but I think post surgery post experience it's made me uh maybe uh consciously be more appreciative in 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 the people around me uh and in what and in how i spend my time you know it's it's um here's something that i you know google uh the information available on 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 Google is uh, uh, or any any search engine is, is is fabulous to have all that at your fingertips. Uh, sometimes it's not so fabulous, and mm-hmm. uh, so with 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 the kind of operation I had, which was a quadruple bypass, um, the it, it's it's <laughs> major surgery. Mm-hmm. And and somewhere between about two 2.5 and three percent of the people who have it don't make it. I mean, it's a common operation now. They, you know, here in the US, there's there's probably 200, 250,000 quadruple bypasses done every year. Um, but just under three percent of the people who have it uh, don't don't survive. You know, you usually, if, if, if it happens, they're dead within a couple of days that first week. Mm-hmm. Shit happens, right? So taken that way, even then, doesn't sound so bad, 2%, 3%. You know, that means you got 97% chance of coming through it. Um, so if you change the context and you say, did you know that that Every day in the USA, uh, there are 45,000 airline flights. Well, if, if 3% of those flights crashed, killing everyone on board, I think that's around like 1,400 crashes every day. So if every night on the evening news, Lester Holt tells you 1,400 more airplanes fell out of the sky, killing everybody on board today. Uh, the question in that context is, how many of us would want to fly anywhere? So this is something like I got on Google um, and I looked up quadruple bypass. This is like in the two days, you know, October one, I get the word, do it or die. Yeah. October three, it's is when I go in and have it done. 
So in between, I'm on Google, quadruple bypass, you know, trying to educate myself. Big mistake. So I read this. <laughs> no, I read no. This right. right. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so now, now I'm looking at potential mortality percentages. And trying to comfort yourself, trying to have faith. Right. The operation's going to be fine. Let Big me get mistake. on Google. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't recommend it. <laughs> but here's what grew out of it. So, you know, of course, this is shocking, shocking to me, shocking to my family, all this stuff. Uh, <clears throat> but I actually, of course, I, I'm then I'm, I'm backed into a corner. And I'm actually thinking about, you know, I may not come out of the room. They could wheel me in and I might not, you know, be alive on the other end. Um, so it was an interesting thing happened for me in that I, I actually, at that time, you know, it's like weird. I can remember I'm on the gurney. Uh, I've told my family, I love them. Oh yeah. It's going to be fine. These Except are done for that one me. relative you, you did that. Right. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> I said, don't let him come to the funeral. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but I actually, in a way made peace with, with my life and my death. Mm -hmm. you, you kind of go through you, you you know you take stock and all right so you know here here's you know here's 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 where i am and if it ends now so be it and 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 you you know you can make peace with that they're the people you love there's you know whatever you've done or didn't do uh the good parts of you the bad parts of you um but I actually made my peace with 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 dying if I had, mm -hmm. if I died, uh, and, and and I think that more than any other thing when I woke up, <laughs> I saw I don't know when it was I was on the table for I think it was six and a half hours and then I'm in ICU and I don't know how many hours after I'm in ICU but I finally wake up, uh, you know you're groggy because you're really loaded on like heavy duties stuff and i actually have this vivid memory of the first thing i'm thinking i said i'm alive <laughs> because you know it was maybe iffy uh but after that it it i think that's when you 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 know i was able to reflect and and you you um uh and you actually apply that appreciation that you that that you have uh, that I had, had had for still being here, uh, for being surrounded by people who love me, and um, and even even though the road from there to here uh, was was bumpy, um, I you know I, I I think it's left me with a heightened sense of um, of, of appreciation and respect for the joys and wonders that, 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 that are surrounding us, uh, surrounding me, you know, with, with simple things, uh, you know, the people who are close to you, how you treat people who aren't close to you, uh, you know, what's, what's important at the end of the day. Um, and, 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 and so that's good. That's very, very good. I, you know, it, I actually see it as, as an enormous growth experience. Uh, I like to think I was a pretty good guy before, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better person now even. Uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it feels that way. And, and, and so I'm, I'm appreciative of that. Still here, still writing books. Which is great. And it's just, it's beautiful that <clears throat> a lot of people don't know their purpose in life. A lot of people just work their jobs they don't like their jobs that much, but it gives them that nice little condo and, yeah. but they don't like the condo that much because the HOA board isn't the greatest. Um, and, but they go through life like that. But when you, when you find what you are and when, when did you know you were a writer? Because that's, it, it, there's, I find that I find this interesting. I find when, like when people take my classes and um, they'll be like, at the end, they'll be like, Oh my God, I, I don't think I'm a writer. And I'm like, God bless you. <laughs> it's, it's just like, yeah, because yeah, you found out you're not. And that's one of the great yeah. things. Keep going. 
find out find out what what it is where you go i will live and die by that because that's everything to me so when when did you know that you were a, when did you go wait a second i'm a writer this this is it i'm in this is it very young i mean i i've been uh i've been writing uh or earlier in my life filmmaking probably since i was in uh well not probably in fact I, since i was in junior high school you know i wanted i wanted to write i did i did i wrote i wrote stories you know spiral notebook pen uh made super eight movies because i'm old that's what we had back then and and but i always wanted to do this um whether or not i i would have well you know what who knows what i would be doing if if my particular path had taken different forks uh i, I don't i don't know all i know is that i never uh wanted to do anything else and i i, I realized that uh that in and of itself is a blessing you know it's <clears throat> i've met so many uh people who you know are kind of iffy about the whole thing um you know they they're, they're unsure because there's a lot of societal familial cultural pressures on people to do certain things to be certain to live certain lives uh make certain choices uh, which I understand. I can appreciate that too. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, listen, in my case, uh, my writing was not encouraged. Uh, no one even knew what the hell to make of it. I mean, it's, you know, uh, you know, my mom and dad, I mean, they, you know, they wanted me to be an engineer. Uh, my writing was actually, you know, actively uh, discouraged. I mean, my, my lucky break in life is that my reading was encouraged. You know, I mean, they they were happy to see me read, and they were always sticking books in my face, and uh, not not that I had to be forced. Believe me, I did not. But um, uh, you know, I, I I was always writing, um, and then I I guess uh, when I got paid for the first time, I got paid for selling a short story after you know a buttload of rejections. Um, you know that was important to me. Uh, I I now look back on it all, and I think, though it was important to me, um, I don't think it was necessary to me. In other words, uh, if if I if I if I hadn't gotten that fifty dollars for a short story, uh, I, I think I've, I still would have continued to write because it's just like now. <clears throat> uh, I don't know what else I would have done. You know, I mean, I'm, I might have say, let's, let's, let's say this, in, in that other alternate universe, uh, I would have graduated with a degree in engineering and I would have gone to work for some refinery or some, something somewhere as an engineer. But I know deep down in here, you know, uh, you repaired, mother. Uh, <laughs> deep down in there, I, you know, I still would have been, I would have been writing on the side, right? Yeah. I would have been writing in the evenings. I would have been writing on the weekends. I still would have submitted short stories. And then, you know, either they would have been picked up somewhere or, you know, they wouldn't. Yeah. And maybe, you know, six years later, I might finally would have placed one. I don't know. I don't know any of that. I, all I know is, is that um, I, I've wanted to do this forever. And it's, you know, to my, I, I just feel fortunate that, uh, things have worked out the way they have and that I can do do that and uh, and I have to tell you I, I think uh, after the heart experience uh, the writing and and these characters are really were able they were the bridge that helped me recover from it uh, because again as, as I said earlier uh, writer is who I am and 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 these particular characters 
uh, Alice Cole and Joe Pike, they are my life's work. So I will continue to do it. It I I don't it's I can't even fathom having a relationship that long with the character because I have relationships with characters um what in one project and and these people are real in my life like because yes. I'm showing up with them I they I'm spending more time with them than probably any of my friends mm-hmm. because these the, it's there and the other day I was like one of my characters finally, you know, it's, I've been working on this one thing and the character finally realized he was in love with this person. And he finally said it, he finally said it out loud. And I was at the cafe doing my rewrites and I kind of got teary eyed and I'm like, good for you, man. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's, I, I was like, I was in it that much. And it's yeah. just, and it's, um, but I, I don't think, I don't think people who don't write that I don't think they understand how much of a relationship we have when they're just reading a book and they spend maybe six hours with us and they go, Oh, well that was entertaining and they move on, but they don't understand the writer's deep relationship they have with all these characters. I, I, you know, I think you have to be a writer to, to, to know that. I think there are a subset of people who can appreciate it. Uh, You know, I've, I've been at this for a long time now and I've gotten to know um, many of my serious readers uh, and, and I've spoken with them enough to know that, uh, that, that, that they glean to what, it, what it's like for, for us, or at least those of us who care, those of us who truly invest themselves in our, in our work. Um, but in the main, you know, the casual reader out, out there in the world, um, I, I don't. I, I think no, they don't know. Uh, I don't think. By the way, I don't think it's necessary. That, they don't need to know. It's not their. It's not their issue. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. They, yeah. It's. It's not. It's. It's. Their purpose uh, is is simply to hopefully read, enjoy, be enriched by whatever it is you and I do. Mm-hmm. Right. And. Um, and if they and if and if and if I can achieve that with them, I'm I'm happy, I'm happy for it. Uh, but the fact is, these characters uh, that we create on, on the page uh, for guys like us, they're inside us. They are parts of us, and we use bits and pieces of of ourselves to create them. Um, and, and, and it's, a, it's a very intimate, personal relationship <clears throat> that, that needs to be real uh, for us to do what we do well. I mean, you mentioned, you know, you just used that example about your, <clears throat> uh, when your character finally realized he fell in, he was in love with, with someone and you were thrilled for him. Uh, I'm that way you know, with, with all the stuff I write. I mean, if, if, if I'm writing a scene uh, and there were scenes in Race and, Race and the Light with this, that I, I, I can't say too much about because I'm going to be leery of, of, of spoilers, but for, in Josh's story, a lot of what jo- uh, drives Josh is the disapproval of his parents. Uh, they don't understand him. They don't approve of how he's living his life or what he's doing with his life. And though Josh tries to mask that pain uh, and act out in other ways, even though he's masking that pain, it still hurts. And there's a particular scene that that I wrote uh, in here where uh, Elvis Cole, who understands this about about Josh, uh, is, is, is trying to help Josh get past that emotionally. And as I wrote the scene, I mean, I'm literally blubbering like a baby. I'm sitting there and there's tears in my eyes and my, and my nose is clogging up because I know what he's going through. And I say that as if he was a real person, right? Not, yeah. not a, a fictional creator. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and those things, uh, 
I know how important they are to Josh. And I know how important they are to me personally. And that's why they're in Josh. So Josh and I are, 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 are linked. And what he's feeling is a real thing to me. And you know what? That's why I write. That's really at the case of it, why I write and, and, and why I've always written. Because I'm looking, um, I live on those emotional moments. I mean, when, when, when something, when I'm writing something and it's so real that my emotions, my feelings are, are, are flooding out, uh, that is a high that is indescribable. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that's why at the end of the day, why I do this and have always done it. Um, I don't write just to order words on a page. Uh, I write to feel those things. And, and that's the joy for, for me. Uh, and that's why I couldn't let it go after this. I mean, because, you know, where else do you get that? You don't get that. I mean, you feel your own things in your life. You know, this is person, you love them. Here's your pet dog. You love, love your dog. You know, you laugh. You, you, but when you're creating this art, um, and you're punched in that way, and it's real. Uh, that's I, I I that's like a singular thing, and a very very special thing. Liz, it is to me. So <clears throat> I think that's why I do this. Robert, thank you for coming on the show. Tony, my pleasure. My pleasure.
Robert Crace on Drinks with Tony. Check out his new book, Racing the Light, an Elvis Cole and Joe Pike novel, book number 19 in the series. Next week on the show, we have Madame Pamita. She'll be discussing her new book, Baba Yaga's Book of Witchcraft, Slavic Magic from the Witch of the Woods. For the love of everything reading and writing, have a great weekend. You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP. Santa Cruz.